0: It seemed that entrepreneurship and spirituality were in conflict. But they were mistaken. There is a profound art to building high-performance business that expands the soul. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we are here to explore. This is the Pure Power Podcast. I am your host, Oliver Füllwock. Welcome. here we go welcome on board a big welcome to you dear listener to the pure power podcast i am delighted to have you back and i recommend for you today to fasten your seatbelt if you haven't already in case you're operating machinery but if you haven't then please fasten your seatbelt because we will speak about rapid expansion and we have a really special guest here with me today so super excited uh, to have you here and to launch into this in just a moment before we do this episode just as the whole podcast is sponsored and brought to you by Pure Power Coaching. We help entrepreneurs who are performing at a very high level to create the inner shifts that expand both the soul and the business. And I've literally had clients raising millions and dollars of funding for their new ventures, doubling and tripling their incomes, selling their companies and even saving two marriages by now on the way. So I can say it works. And I know that many entrepreneurs think that they can do it all by themselves. But what I can say is whatever has got you here to your current success is not going to get you there to the next level. So if you are interested, just feel free to reach out to me on Instagram on my website www.thepurepower.de. And now, with that being said, I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest uh, today. We have, as I said, a very special guest with us here today. He is an action philosopher, a time piercer, author, mentor, speaker, entrepreneur, all around lover of life, and last but not least, my current mentor. Jesse Elder teaches self-mastery, radical self-acceptance, and inspired action, and focuses on helping people to live a self-authorized, productive, and fulfilled life with less struggle than most actually believe possible. He helps his clients overcome fears, develop the mindset of an influential leader, make marketing and sales a spiritual experience, open up to wealth, and attain greater levels of clarity and confidence. And what I can say from experience is uh, that... Jesse, your work is amazing. We are right now in the process of working together, and I can already feel the expansion of having yet another quantum leap that is starting to unfold in my business. So, hence, uh, a real honor and a joy to have you on board. Welcome, Jesse.
1: Thank you, Oliver. It's uh, been a long time coming, it feels like. And uh, knowing who it is that you're attracting and who's attracting you into their life, the people that are listening to this or watching this, Uh, This is a very exciting time in history, and it's exciting in a positive way for those who are grounded in their own principles, who have a working knowledge of natural law, and who can allow themselves to stay the course that's coming forward from within and not be distracted by the shiny objects and the fear porn and everything else that's fracturing people's focus. So I'm looking forward to seeing what unfolds today
0: beautiful i love this yeah and indeed just with you sharing this it feels to me that right now we are kind of in this phase in history perhaps where it seems that there's more and more of a gap than maybe ever before yeah between people who seem to be riding the waves of potential that are opening up and creating things that are really like really incredible yeah? and with rapid speed and a lot of people who seem to be rather in a mode of a decline and somehow resorting deeper and deeper into some kind of a cocoon experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Now, I know a little bit about your backstory. Yeah. And I know from the things that you have shared that whenever you came to a moment where there seemed to be an invitation to either come into a cocoon like this or to, you know, rise to the challenge and come into a rapid expansion, It seems that you have taken the second route. (laughs) And one of the things that I have introduced you as is as a time piercer. And I think it relates exactly to this phenomenon of rising to the challenge and coming into rapid expansion. Could you elaborate a bit about this and share a bit with our audience who you are what is your story and your experiencing of this yes
1: and i'll be the first to admit that a lot of the words that have been used to describe this uh, whether it's my work or other people's work who who are you know probably on the fringe you know a little bit a little bit outside of the rational proven peer reviewed scientific you know what does the data say you always run the risk of you know basically you know somebody's calling you crazy I'll preface everything that I'm going to share with just a simple statement. None of what I say is a prescription for what someone should do in their life or in their business. Everything that I'm sharing is a description of what I've found most useful. And I stopped asking what's true a long time ago, and I began to ask what's useful. And when I, in my early days, I was a martial artist. I was a fighter, competed very heavily in uh, no rules, like, you know, ultimate fighting championship and just come out. And so I was, you know, 11 fights one year, I was 20, 20 years old and I won nine, lost two. And it taught me, basically it was a baptism in reality. I learned that any theory that sounds good that falls apart in the ring is not a theory worth keeping. And so I began to apply the exact same thing to other areas of my life, to business, to marketing, to teaching, to relationships, to spirituality. And I just began to test entire paradigms against each other. So what I'm sharing is the result of my lifetime's observation and testing. It seems to be useful for, at this point, quite a few other people. Uh, But that being said, I, I would never disrespect the listener here by asking them to trust anything that I'm saying, trust can only be granted. It can never be asked for. And so if you're a listener you're watching this today, then you're going to have your own experience of some of the things that we're going to talk about. And then you can dismiss it or you can say, Hey, it makes sense. Or you can decide to test it. Uh, I'm not attached to any of those outcomes. So with that being said, this whole concept of time piercing is essentially a way of relating to your future. In a very practical, tangible, granular method that allows your present actions to be more informed by your future than by anything that you've already experienced in the past. And the past and the future are psychological constructs. Like they don't actually exist. You can't touch the past. You can't measure the past. You can only talk about it and think about it and feel about it now, which means the only place that the past exists is now. And then same thing with the future. You can talk about it, you can imagine it, you can dream it, you can you can do all these things, but you're doing that now. So the only time that the past and future exist is now. That being said, most people's now experience is heavily governed by past experiences. And so when people set goals, especially at the time of this recording, you know, we're towards the end of 2023 many people getting into goal setting mode and they're thinking about new year, new me, and they're planning forward and they're doing all this stuff. Most people's next year is going to look remarkably like this year.
0: <laughs>
1: and when they're dreaming it, they tend to really inflate all the positive parts and ignore all the negative parts or do the best they can to avoid those. Mm. This is not wrong. Like it, people are going to people, people are going to just, yeah, but they do. Uh, But I found it very, just a superior method personally to spend regular time, to invest time daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly at varying degrees of depth and intensity to really investigate the future and to break apart, uh, break free from as much old momentum and old patterns as I'm able to then imagine if just getting in this dream space, if anything was possible. If I didn't have any of the current hindrances or obstacles or resistance, what would I want to do? And I'll often share with clients, it's like, you know, when you're a kid and it's Saturday morning and you don't have any chores to do and you can do anything you want all day and you can go ride bikes with your friends or you can, you know, go and play in the park. It's like that kind of freedom. And most people, uh, especially many entrepreneurs, interestingly, they just somewhere along the way forgot to have that childlike, playful, like anything's possible energy, mostly because they were raised by grownups who forgot that, who were raised by grownups who forgot that, who were, I mean, yeah. it's a weird cycle. And I'm very appreciative that in my, in my own early years, I didn't have those experiences. You know, I, I'm very appreciative that my parents, when I was born, they said, you know, we, we feel like this, this, this being He knows what he needs for himself more than we do. So, my parents told each other, "They said we're just going to love him, we're going to feed him, we're going to keep him safe (laughs) out of his way." And the more time that passes, the more I'm I'm just so appreciative to them for having the courage and for having the, the clarity to to make that choice. So, to not put me in school, to not, you know, have me take tests and have curriculum and anything. Their premise was that if I wanted to learn something that I'd figure it out and they do the best they can to provide me with resources, but very little guidance. And so, you know, I've always been able to follow the things that seem interesting for me. And I've never had the experience of having to focus on something that I wasn't interested in. Right. And so, and I, and I think as we grow as human beings and especially entrepreneurs, that spark is always there. Like if your heart's, mm-hmm. beating, you know, it's like your clock is ticking. Okay. I'm still in the game. Yeah then you can always rekindle and reconnect to that creative, imaginative spirit. But you have to make a break from all the patterns and and momentums of the past. And, And that's why your work is so useful for people, because you bring them out of their normal modes of thinking, and you get them into embodied adventure, immersion. And it's all around this very carefully curated dialogue that somebody goes through an experience like that and they're not thinking the same way they're thinking more yeah. whole body they're thinking with their heart and feeling their solar plexus and you know and their other organs and you're aligning everything yeah. and you're like bringing this full human experience wow. and it's so fascinating as i watch people go through life as highly domesticated versions mm-hmm. of what a human being actually is and I at this point uh I'm working almost exclusively with men. And one of the frames that we use, and one of the models that we look at, is there are so many breeds of dog now. You know, mm-hmm. you go on Instagram and you're gonna see mostly women with the Chihuahua and the Pomeranian and these, you know, what they consider to be very cute little, you know, little puppies. Right. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand years ago, that used to be a timber wolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All dogs come from wolves at least in north america and (laughs) yeah how the fuck did i how did that happen become a chihuahua like what happened what happened was humans got creative and said we were going to breed dogs for different things which is cool Mm -hmm. that's part of human ingenuity and so you have you know dogs that are better at tracking and dogs that are better at posing on instagram you know yeah (laughs) if you put that Pomeranian or that chihuahua out in the wild, it would last like nine seconds. Yeah. Because it's no longer equipped to live in the natural world. It lives in the artificial world. And the same thing is happening to human beings. Most humans are heavily domesticated. And I'm not advocating that people, you know, return to the jungle and learn to, you know, Mm -hmm. land. But our bodies don't know that. Our hands, our brains, our nervous systems, our eyes, our, you know, everything in our genetics is still ready for adventure, life or death. Yeah. Powerful bursts of action followed by long stretches of just mm-hmm. chilling out. Yeah. And so when somebody allows themselves through conditioning, through programming, through relationship with authority, uh, they allow themselves to fall in line. They allow themselves to follow the rules and then they enter into business and then they learn that, Oh, there's rules of how you're supposed to do this. They, they're really missing out on their greatest super, mm-hmm. which is this, this superhuman. which to me is a redundant term to be human is to be super. If you're fully human, not yeah. the Pomeranian version of human, where you're scared of yourself and you're scared of everything. It's like, that's a teacup, you know, a little, little Pomeranian. But a a timber wolf, not afraid of that many things. And humans don't really have that many things to actually be afraid of. Most humans have just allowed themselves to be conditioned into so much irrational fear. And then they radiate that frequency of fear and other people can feel it. So Mm -hmm. you encounter someone who is more fully themselves, who doesn't really care what people think, but who really cares about people. When you encounter somebody who's in their purpose, and they feel like themselves. They don't feel like they're trying to be somebody else. They're not trying to, you know, make you think something about them because they don't really care. They're just being themselves. It's inherently liberated. Mm-hmm. Then you begin to realize how much of your own stories you're running and how much of your own, you know, camouflage you're putting up, and how exhausting that is. And that's that Indeed. the basis yeah. of this time-piercing work is connecting to the ultimate version of yourself that is the most authentic, the most powerful, the most clear, like gives zero fucks about unqualified criticism, but cares deeply about qualified feedback. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating universe.
0: Yes. I love that. I love that. Thanks for sharing this. And for me, it feels like what is also at the very heart of actually every authentic spiritual practice, you know, it's to find this freedom inside and to connect with this absolute um, nothingness and everythingness at the same time that is pulsating somehow through our being and here to create uh, in harmony with uh, with creation. And so much liberty there for us to discover and to lean into and so much mystery to unfold. This story that you shared of the boy waking up on Saturday morning uh, and feeling excited for the day ahead. I remember those points in my childhood, and I can say honestly that nowadays it's just even 10 times better. And it started with this discovery of this freedom just somehow pulsating through my being, pulsating through my heart, and this freedom to take this choice, to time pierce not into the past, like what you have described, yeah, kind of being a victim to all the old stories and so on, but the freedom to actually time pierce into the future. and. You know, turning back into, in a way, turning back into the wolf. (laughs) Because that's the freedom that we have as human beings. We're not bound to the shape of the chihuahua, even though we may think we are. We have maybe lived as a chihuahua for some time. But there is also this wolfishness somehow there pulsating, and we can connect to it and and fully fully bring it.
1: and And I love that you just brought that in, Oliver, because you may be born into a family that is abusive, or you may be born into an environment where you know you had you know neglect, or you didn't get what you needed, or your parents didn't tell you you know that, that they loved you enough, or you know worse. But that's just like from my perspective, that's like like your soul is just playing like cosmic Xbox and is like choosing, oh, I, I'm feeling good, I, I'm going to be on the advanced level. So it's like put the setting to advanced. All right, here we go. Spawn the character. Boom. And it's like, I'm born into an abusive, (laughs) alcoholic, advanced level. You know and it is? Then you get to be layered over with all this conditioning and you turn into a little bit of a chihuahua or you turn into, you know, your conditioning creates something, but that's all just part of the game. And having a conversation like this where we're acknowledging that infinite something that powers this body and this being that is not this body. There's something more than we are. It's not our personalities. Those are are malleable. It's not our beliefs. That's just like the app, but like, what are we? And it's a huge question, but we can become more of, of who and what we actually are. And so in the process, you get to shed the conditioning. You no, know, I mean I for years, teenage years, most of my twenties, I was cripplingly shy. So shy. Mm. like crippling. I could not go up and talk to girls. Like I was terrified. And yet I was teaching martial arts from 15 years old, increasingly confident when I was teaching in public, but privately very, very behind. But that's mm-hmm. part of the game. You know, you experience enough pain and then you're like, oh, fuck it. Like I'm, I need to change this. And you stop feeding the old things. You stop doing the things that you used to do and you start being courageous. And and that's the yeah. journey and everybody's got their version of that. You know, many people listening to this may have a, you know, a passion project or a hobby or something that they used to do a long time ago that they stopped doing because it wasn't financially lucrative. But then they really miss that. Maybe they've forgotten about it until just now. Well, who's to say you can't have all of that? You just have to Mm -hmm. put your mind to it and say, this is a priority. Ironically, and I'm sure you see this in your clients as well, that when somebody begins to prioritize their creativity, their playtime, their hobbies, their passion projects, being involved in their community, when they do that, and it has nothing to do with their money making activities, it feeds your soul. Like it makes you more of who you are. You become less chihuahua, more like ethical predator, like a care loving Mm. savage. And when you move into that and then you come back to your business, it's like you're more, those problems have shrunk down. You start to see everybody else around you as more capable and more, you you just see their potential and you're more willing to tell them the truth about what it's going to take to get there. And if somebody's committed to playing small, then you will very quickly, caringly, but clearly help them to find a better opportunity. Sometimes that means ending the one with you. That's mm-hmm. them a favor. I mean, it's like, you know, if, if an entrepreneur is like a marathoner running a three-hour pace and somebody joins the race and they're running at a four-hour pace, either you have to slow down or they have to speed up. But you can't be on right. the running group. And so yeah. part of the growth means, you know, continually – uh, it's like refreshing the browser. You got to see where you're at, mm-hmm. see what speed you're at. And you know when when you get back into, as happens in your work, when people shed all this bullshit that they've accumulated, usually without even being aware mm-hmm. of it, and they begin to remember more of their heart and their soul and their energy and this limitless sense of possibility, but not just poetically airy-fairy, you know, sp- mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I feel so good. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I feel good because I do good. And because I do good, I feel good. And then that just becomes a luscious cycle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, I love this. And there's so many different aspects that we could be diving into uh, here and kind of dissecting. But one that you mentioned, which I would love to dive into a little bit more is this aspect of the environment. Yeah? So you mentioned the three-hour marathoner and the four-hour marathoner and possibly running together. And I see this just so often with my clients and also with people I know and honor who are themselves building businesses, where they created their environment based on their old chihuahua or maybe whatever, shepherd (laughs) identity. And it's reflecting this back to them, their chihuahua self, but at the same time, Inside of their heart and inside of their gut, slowly, slowly, something is starting to boil. And there's somehow this primal energy that is coming into this creative channel and that really wants to express in a completely new way and that wants to say, Hey guys, I am actually a wolf dog here in the ring. Yeah. But then these old environments still reflecting back the old beliefs. How to, how to break free? Yeah. How to, how to make this jump? It begins
1: oftentimes with just a a simple telling oneself the truth that you're not happy with where you're at. You're not happy with who you've become, or you're not happy with the results you're getting. You're not satisfied any longer, continue to do things in the same way. And I want to qualify this metaphor about the, you know, the, the wolf, because Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, if if human beings were to become like we were 10,000, 20,000 years ago, It would be jarring if everybody reverted to being hunter-gatherer, nomadic, like people are not, like we've advanced for a reason. A good example is, you know, I have a a small farm outside of Austin and we're looking at getting a dog and having a dog on the property with our uh, farm manager lives out there full time. And the dog that we're looking at is an Anatolian shepherd. And if anybody is listening to this is not familiar with the breed, they're, they're big, like they can get to like 200 pounds or more. They are extremely protective, but also incredibly loving with kids and families. So like the ultimate protectors, Mm -hmm. they would, the bigger ones, especially would kick the shit out of a wolf. Like they are just so big and so, like, they're bred for battle, they're bred for protection. So it's like humans picked up where nature left off and then guided nature to create this specialized protecting entity. It's incredible.
0: Powerful. Yeah.
1: And I think about that when it comes to, especially for men, and when I think about what our opportunities are to grow. And to self-express, and a huge part of that for men is to be protectors. And so that doesn't mean to devolve to this savage level where, like everybody's, you know, in danger around you. It certainly doesn't mean to be the the Chihuahua where mm-hmm. everybody's also in danger around you because you can't do anything about a threat. You can't help anybody do anything except take a picture on the Right. Ground. So being that like the anatolian shepherd like the best of the feral but the best of the modern and i think that that's what begins to happen for people when they start to tell themselves the truth is they realize that there's more that's possible and you know a lot of people call depending on when in their life they experience it you know it's like i'm having a midlife crisis well first of all, you're probably not giving yourself credit for living long enough. It's probably not a midlife crisis, it's probably like a third life crisis. Like you got a long, lot of fuel in the tank. And as cliche and corny as it sounds, I don't see that for clients as a midlife crisis. It is a, in our, in our coaching, we call it a midlife chrysalis. It's the, mm. the caterpillar to the butterfly. It disappears. It gets in this gooey thing and then it's, Functionally dead, except you look up and there's a butterfly. So yeah. I, I realize these are metaphors and just ideas, but when somebody tells himself the truth and says, "This is not working for me anymore," it's important to get some outside guidance, get some outside help. When somebody comes to you and they, and they start going through your process, and you can help them see what's actually going on, and keep the best parts of what they're already doing. So they don't have to have Mm. like a life-ectomy and just get rid of the old, you know, it's the classic cliche story. You know, the guy turns 45, 50, whatever, doesn't know who he is, gets divorced, buys a sports car, gets a 22 year old girlfriend. And it's like, well, yeah, you could do that. And Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what are you still avoiding? You know, it's like, there's things that are inside of you that are trying to be expressed. And I'm not judging any of that. There's nothing inherently wrong in in all of that. It's an individual life purpose. But you just got to tell yourself the truth. Like, is what you're doing lighting you up? Is what you're doing and how you're living, does it feel like this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? Maybe not in the exact format, but like the core of the work. Like for you, and we've had many conversations about this, your coaching and the work that you do with, your clients, with entrepreneurs, with incredible people, like this is what you are, man. Like, and it's going to take all sorts of different forms and you're going to be growing this podcast and you're going to be writing books and you're going to be speaking on stages. You're going to be curating the most epic adventures for people. And you're going to do that until the day you die because it's not like you decided when you were 12, like I'm going to be a high-level coach for super successful people. It found you, man. It found you. And you now help people find what it is for them. And that, I mean, to me, that is, if that's not heaven on earth, I don't know what it is.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Thanks, man, receiving that. Thank you for this beautiful reflection. And indeed, it feels very much like this. And I really appreciated what you shared about kind of not taking, perhaps what sometimes seems like the easy route to just quit everything and do something completely different, yeah? exit life and try to find greener passion in another corner of the world. But instead, for me, what just has been working like a charm, and I can see it also with my clients, is to bring this new vision, this new sense that is starting to come alive in the body back into their old environment and use it kind of as, an, as a spark that invites an evolution of the whole community that they form a part of and that has formed around them yeah so instead of exiting and like okay i'll build a different lighthouse <laughs> in a different part of the world they become a lighthouse right where they are but with this real courage and fierceness yeah to say okay i know this is what it is and now how can i really really bring it grounded not just like you said in the head yes not only on my vision board even though that's great but how can i directly bring that today into what i do
1: and and you just made me think of something oliver that that with the domestication um and the and the incredible emphasis on consumption and and experiences that are pre-crafted pre-built pre-packaged especially you know i'm I'm sure people listening to this are you know well off used to the finer things in life and you know it's wonderful you know if, if until you've experienced flying private or flying first class, or until you've experienced staying at a you know phenomenal hotel like Aman Resort or La Mamunya or something, until you've experienced that, you really don't know. So you at least owe it. If if somebody's listening to this, you haven't experienced those things. At least see what you've been judging. At least see what you're missing out on. So I'm assuming that most of the people listening to this are well off, have experienced the finer things in life, and have certain standards for this, you know, call it a vibe that they wanna have. That being said, what you just shared, I think is so, I wanna make sure everybody heard that. You are the vibe. And when somebody is tapped into their power, not power over people, not power to change the world, but just their power, like their realness, their genuineness, their sincerity of who they are. When they're in that space, they are so much more of a human than someone who's disconnected from their power, par- you know, copying and pasting verbally all the shit that they've heard online. They don't really don't have original ideas. They're just copying ideas. And I'm not insulting people. They insult themselves by allowing themselves to play the game like that. So when somebody who's tapped into their power, they feel unapologetically themselves, they're naturally more relaxed and, and fun to be around because they're not trying to play a pretending game and they don't care if you are. Like it's a very liberating feeling. When you're around somebody like that, or for somebody listening, if you, in those moments that you are that person, you could take, let's say, a date. You're with your partner, or as, as you say, it's, it's so beautiful, Oliver, as your beloved. You take mm. your beloved. And you're going on a date and it doesn't matter if you just met or you've been together for 50 years, you're going on a date and you could sit down in a back alley at some downtown area and you could just both sit there and just dive into the deepest conversation and everything around you would seem to glow and sparkle. And people walking by would like, look at those poor homeless people. Mm. They're really, (laughs) and you don't fucking care. Because you are creating that vibe, that vortex, that symbiotic sort of field where the best parts of both of you are coming out to play. And you are, then you're free. Then you're independent of yeah. the environment. And you don't need the environment to be a certain way to reinforce your self image. Your self image is projected from the inside out so that the world starts to reflect that back to you. And this is where I wrote something about this a couple weeks ago, that there's a big difference between a man's status symbols and his actual status. Mm. And so again, we are consumers and it's wonderful to consume and it's it's great. But if somebody buys a $50,000 Rolex, or they go and buy a quarter million dollar sports car to make them feel the way they want to feel or worse, to try and make others feel towards them the way that they want those people to feel towards them so that they can feel the way that they want to feel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Christ, man, that's such a <laughs> way to get to where you really want to be. Yeah. And so if somebody relies on those things, and I get it, it's like you're speaking a certain language in different levels of, of business and life, but the person who truly owns their, they own themselves. And they are beholden to no style standard. They are not blown around by the trends. If they wear a watch, it's for curiosity only because time has no hold over them. They are, are always exactly where they need to be. And I realized somebody listening to this could go, man, this guy's a super hippie. It's, for me, it's not about being counter culture. It's just if you want those things, have them but they should be ideally like the set of your movie and then the set changes and the set changes, but the character continues through the story. And when you identify more with your principles than your possessions, people feel a peacefulness that's inside of you. And that's, that's, it's the ultimate influence.
0: Yeah. Very beautiful. Very beautiful indeed. And it feels like this sense of devotion also, just this, purity of devotion in the heart and to appreciate beauty and, you know, have the Rolex and the car or whatever it is. But then with this real sense at the same time of a detachment, but also this uh, just melting into grace and this profound sense of gratitude and awe toward life, connecting maybe back with this little boy on a Saturday morning, like the awe of the weekend. (laughs) What's going to unfold from here? Well, and it is,
1: Going back to this unapologetic you know, way of being, most people, and this is probably not not your listener, but many people who are on the personal growth and, and spiritual development path are like they just, they settle for that and they actually mm-hmm. hate money and they actually yeah. hate you know business because to them, it's like, oh, money's fake. I'm like, not really. Like, it's pretty fucking real. It mm-hmm. may be a human invention, but that doesn't make it any less natural. Like we mm-hmm. nature and we're creating, and human, you know, money is very natural. So, I see people who are claiming to be incredibly spiritual and enlightened and all this stuff, and they're just like, you know, money's bad. I'm like, man, you have such an ego trip. Like, you think that money's bad. I say, poverty is a sin. Being poor is a crime when you live in such an abundant world and where the abundance and the prosperity that moves to you is a direct reflection of the value you've given in the world so if you don't have tons of money flowing into your life then it means you've chosen not to be absolutely insanely valuable to those around you like Boom. give me a break like why how is that better that's like an apple tree saying i'm only going to give one apple the <laughs> tree next to it is like are you kidding me apples for everybody it's <laughs> like which one is better yeah than an apple tree you know it's like they're both trees but this one is a really good apple tree and this one's a shitty apple tree because it just gave one apple and it's the
0: same it gave one enlightened apple
1: yeah yeah (laughs) bitter apple
0: (laughs) then exactly exactly
1: so yeah i mean we are born to create we are born to naturally contribute through authentic self-expression and to receive the fullness of the reflection of our contribution. And that's another weird thing about being human. A lot of people can give and give and give and still deflect the receiving. Mm-hmm. Cause they have this weird, you know, idea that if I just give enough, eventually I'll receive. It's like, yeah, but it's like you can throw a ball up in the air, but you gotta be ready to catch it and catch it when it comes. If you throw it up in the air and then you cross your arms and you complain, <laughs> you catch it yet. And Meanwhile, it's just like came right there. Like, and it happens with everything. It happens with love. It happens with. Money. It happens with creative ideas. If you expect to receive and you know you're deserving of that and you know that you're worthy of receiving and that the more you receive, the more you're going to give, like you get out of that. Again, it's probably not your listeners, but somebody who's, I'm, it's a secret passion of mine is to just crack the bullshit of this fake spirituality that says, like, oh, I just don't want to be materially successful. I'm like, well, you got mm-hmm. money. That's pretty material. Like, has that body been in like 51 countries? Has that body danced to like 87 different types of music all over <laughs> the world? Then you're abusing your body. Like that's self abuse to keep yourself in a tiny little life experience and not experience everything that this world has to offer. Like it's an abuse of a life and and it takes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel it comes back also again to this point that we had a few moments ago of the midlife crisis, yeah, and then okay, quitting everything or finding a way to actually find a harmonious integration, because okay, the ones who have done authentic spiritual practice, there's so much light also in in the heart, yeah, so much light in the consciousness. If we bring that back into into also the business game and into also high performance rooms and into wealth, well. That becomes a really delicious apple. Yeah, that's, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's the kind of apple yeah, that is required.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's why you're, the environments that you're curating and that you're creating for people, you know, when somebody comes into an environment where they're completely unconditionally accepted, you know, there's like I can't imagine a client in one of your experiences sharing something with you that would shock you. Like I can't imagine somebody saying something that they wouldn't be completely unconditionally you know like seen and witnessed with no judgment correct and That by itself is like emotional oxygen for people you know it's like mm-hmm. confession it's like oh okay there's this stuff there's freedom in telling the truth then because you're helping to, them to see all of them then they start to realize oh this story that i built up around this you know addiction or the story that I built up around this bad thing that I did when I was a kid or you know this you know deal that I kind of fudged the numbers a little bit last Thursday hey you are not your behaviors and so tell the truth about it own it but let's find out like what is it that you were really trying to accomplish with that were you trying to feel safe were you trying to move faster like what's that about and somebody entering into that space with you and with others, because the real magic is in collaboration. Like you don't come out of an experience like that with the same brain. Mm-hmm. You don't come out with the same belief systems. And over time, and it does it does take practice, just like going to the gym or learning to play guitar, it takes repetition. Thinking in this way takes repetition. You know, our last conversation, we talked about luxury thought technologies, and that's what this conversation is. That's the, you know, yeah. that the, you do, the work that I do is arming people who are already successful with luxury thought technology that helps them to refine their own, their own thinking process.
0: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And so I'm just curious, what do you feel, and also from your experience, is the kind of like, what's the potential of this? So, Let's say somebody who's listening uh, is currently experiencing some of these symptoms, yeah? some things in their life don't feel fully fitting anymore, who they really know themselves to be. Yeah? And they maybe want to bring it into a new shape, a new form, grow different types of apples. What is the potential that actually gets released in a human being once they start to make these shifts or results yeah, that people experience? there's a
1: couple of thoughts here. One is when you release the comparisons to someone else and you release the, you know, the the competitive need to be number one, so much of, of stress and fear and all of that just goes away. You know, Elon Musk at the time of this recording, you know, world's wealthiest man financially and is very open about his loneliness and he doesn't trust anybody. And you know, when he's asked, you know, are you happy? He's like, you can tell he's not, but he also doesn't prize happiness, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know him personally. We're neighbors here in Austin, but, you know, you can tell a lot about somebody's language patterns, whether it's Elon or, you know, Bezos or, you know, anybody that we might see in the news that an entrepreneur would look at and go, wow, that person is there. I've yet to connect with somebody who's playing in the billionaire class or, or even, You know, the nine figure mark, who is not deeply, deeply wounded and is so driven by those demons that they must do the things that they do. It is not even a, a, a choice for them. They can't think, huh, should I do this? What should I do today? Like they are in so much pain and driven by so much ambition. That they're just riding the lightning. And it can very often it consumes them. Some of them manage to control it and continue going. And so, you know, I've clients will sometimes come to me and they'll say, Well, you know, I I had, you know, we had $22 million a year, but you know, it's a friend of mine literally texted me the other day. I shared some business success. And I said, Man, it's really nice to have rich friends because he's great <laughs> business. And we talk about that a lot. Like Like Mm -hmm. how important it is to have rich friends because like how Mm -hmm. you're going to, you know, keep expanding, not just financially rich, rich in every way. But I text him. I said, it's nice to have rich friends. And he just texts back and he laughs. He's like, ha, baby rich. Because the people that he's hanging out with and comparing himself to are making five times the income. Mm -hmm. And those people are comparing themselves to those who are making 10 times the income. So as long as there's this comparison, you're always going to feel that you're not doing enough. Mm hmm. So you got to step, if somebody wants to truly live a self-authorized life and be free to create uniquely and originally, then you just separate yourself from this like unhealthy comparison because Elon's playing his game. You're playing your game. I'm playing my game. And that's the thing about high value, creative individuals. They can all be in the same room together, playing their own game and not feel the need to you know, overpower each mm-hmm. other. It's a very, very uh, actual insecure way of living. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Yeah, it becomes a beautiful co-creative field uh, instead, where it seems that collaboration also blossoms by itself. It's not a zero-sum game suddenly, but a sum game of infinite potential. If we're all playing, we can play beautiful music. There are no lies in nature. And we might humanize nature to
1: look at competition but really, nature is just over the long time frame, everything in nature just flows perfectly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes species go extinct. And humans look at that and go, oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Is it terrible? Or is it just a part of the natural rhythm of life? You know, It's like I'm on my farm, I was out there yesterday, and there's this giant pine tree, the oldest tree, biggest tree on the entire property. And we've had a drought all summer. We didn't get rain for like seven months, and it was very hot. And I saw today for the first time that the tree is all turned brown. Oh, wow. It's like a grandmother pine, like the biggest, oldest tree on the property is dead. Uh it's wow. dying. And there was a moment of sadness, but really, I mean, this is a, a deeper topic, but my belief is that sadness is love looking for a home. Mm. Looking for this love, looking for a place to express, and we only feel sad to the degree that we haven't yet found where to put that love. Because ultimately, like everything is love, and so getting this moment of sadness and then feeling this love for this, you know, incredible tree. And I know people listening now, like I knew he was a hippie, but like <laughs> this magnificent being, feeling so much appreciation for the role that this tree played to be the center of this little circle area, feeling some sadness that I didn't experience more memories, but then it it Mm -hmm. went away immediately. I realized that was a conditioned thought based on lack and nothing has ever gone. And then I started thinking about all the ways that this tree, when it's life is done, that this tree will become structures, chairs, maybe build it like a big throne you know the needles are going to become compost that are going to feed the garden and like nothing ever dies it just changes form and i'm pretty sure the spirit of the tree if there is such a thing isn't like oh no i've been diagnosed with drought you know (laughs) no like energy if goes into physical and it withdraws from physical and it's just consciousness breathing conscious doesn't Mm -hmm. care if it's has a body or doesn't have a body It's alive. It's alive, live with the body, live without a body We're human Mm. ones that make it a big deal. So again, I'm not denying or dismissing people's, you know, fears and sadness around death, but like when you really let go of all these comparisons and you just chill the fuck out a little bit and you start to actually feel, Hey, everything's okay. And I can create whatever I want to create. And I'm not competing with anybody else. This person achieved great things. Good for them. This person achieved great things, good for them. Oh, I got a bill for this much. That's great. That means that I'm going to level up my expectation of how much money I'm going to receive and create mm-hmm. so that the magnitude of that expense decreases significantly relative to the money that I'm going to generate. I mean, we're wizards, man. We get to spend this life way we want to.
0: I love that. And it feels just like with the tree yeah, dying and you mentioned all the different parts of the tree turning into... Yeah, different pieces into structures, into food, nourishment for the earth, for the soil. And so it seems that when we as human beings come into these new stages of our evolutions, we also bring all this wood that we have cultivated, all the, every little life ring that somehow we have put together through experience and through the things we have learned and so on. Somehow they inform again. The new chapter also. And I really feel life somehow going like these concentric circles where it always stacks somehow neatly on top of each other. Uh, uh, unless we go the route of what we shared, uh, okay, just quitting everything and yeah. exiting. Even then it comes back.
1: It always comes back. That's the thing. It's like, even then it comes back. We really can't, ultimately, you can't mess it up. It's like, you know, watching a football match and this team scores and then this team scores and then this team scores two goals. And then this team scores one. And, but then time ends and then we have a winner and a loser, but imagine an infinite game of football with no clock and just scores mm. is always, you know, in an infinite game, the score might be, you know, Manchester 5,378. <laughs> and their opposing team is like three, but if it's an infinite game over time and everything changes, we're the ones because of our belief in this illusion of time that create time scarcity. Therefore we feel behind, but it's like, what if there's no time scarcity? Like what if you just, I'm not, again, this is not a prescription, but just not the way that I've chosen to live my life. Like I'm going to be here 150 years. So I'm and I'm in uh Tuesday as a matter of fact is my 50th unlocking level 50. So uh-huh. a third of the way through this current lease with this this body even though this body isn't the body that I had 10 years ago it's not the body I'm going to have 10 years from now the body's always changing. Anyway, I decided that like the first third of my life is to get the rules of the game. Then I don't have the need to like stack money and build net worth and all this kind of stuff. I make like tons of money relative to what i need because it's a fun game i make way more than i need to live an adventurous fulfilling meaningful life because why why not because the money that comes in is because i'm helping other people and i love to help people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i don't compare myself to anybody else so like it's plenty for me and the money that comes in it goes out just as fast give it away here go on this cool trip there buy a farm here but it's not investing it's breathing in and breathing out. Again, not financial advice, but I decided a long time ago, I'm not going to let money be my master. Money is going to be my servant. And that means that instead of looking to money as the source of security, I am going to look to the source of money as the source of security. And that's other people. So, how can I be mm-hmm. useful and relevant for other mm-hmm. people? So, it just takes the whole finish line away you know and and if i decide that i want to invest and get serious about that then i'll dive into that and i will master it as far as i'm concerned for my life Mm -hmm. and then great but
0: yeah it's really really turning life back into a playground no it's uh coming back to the sense of you know exactly this let's play full out and play exactly the way that somehow has been imprinted into our heart no that we that we are moved to play in in a way that facilitates our expansion. So Jesse, this has been a really, really fun conversation and really beautiful, also actionable pointers here for everybody who's listening to find those little spots and pockets where right now something is not fully somehow landing with you, not fully resonating in your heart and maybe a little permission slip, not that you ever needed one, but maybe a little permission slip to just establish a new vision here and pierce into a different reality and to play full out and grow beautiful apples from this new vision. So Jesse, before we wrap up, maybe just a final yeah, question to you, if there's any last little bit that you would like to share with our listener to wrap up this uh, journey that we have taken them on uh, today. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think everybody at this point, after this conversation today, Everybody listening to this, and I'm sure some people will go back and listen to this a few times. You know, we all know the fork in the road, right? Everybody knows about the fork in the road. I think for entrepreneurs, we have, it's not a fork. I think it's a, it's a trident. You know, it's like Poseidon's trident. There's actually three paths. And after a conversation like this, which is an abnormal conversation, like there are things that happen in this dialogue today that are not your typical podcast material. And and I don't mean that to sound egoic. It's just, this is a very fresh, you know, improv collaboration. So I'm very inspired by the listeners. So we're all in this together. My point is, especially as entrepreneurs, after having a sort of mind opening, maybe a little confrontational, maybe it's kind of curiosity inducing after you have an experience like this, there are three paths and the first path. And honestly, most people do this is they turn off the device or they go on to the next episode or whatever they're going to listen to next, and they basically do nothing. And they tell themselves something like, well, you know, I'm going to go and think about this. But the reality Mm -hmm. is, it's not like you have a special thinking chair to think about podcasts in. You know, (laughs) like you're going to finish this, go right to your thinking chair, your thinking wall, and think think about this podcast. Like that doesn't fucking happen. So mm-hmm. anybody who says, oh, I'm just going to think about these concepts lovingly, but they're lying to themselves. They're not, they're going to leave this podcast. They're going to go about their day. They're going to get caught up. And then a month from now, they're going to get stressed out of their mind by some bullshit thing at work or with their team or in their relationship. And at that moment, they're going to go, ah, and they're going to remember this conversation. Or they're going to remember something they heard you say, but in, that, in the heat of that moment, they'll remember, "Oh yeah, there was that different way of doing things." But they're so stressed out that they do the thing they always did, and maybe that's, mm-hmm. you know, they they slam back, you know, a whiskey, or maybe it means that they, you know, go open up porn, or maybe it means that they just go and watch a movie or whatever. And in that moment they will have actively chosen to continue down the path that they're going down. And so this thinking about it thing uh, is the most common path. The second thing that somebody can do after a conversation like this is they can decide, and it's a legitimate decision. They can decide to take the self-study route and they can begin to probably as soon as we end this podcast, they're going to go on Amazon and they're going to start looking for books on mindfulness. And they're going to start look. you know, they're going to message you, say, what kind of books do you recommend? They might message me, which I'm impossible to reach, but they might get my assistant <laughs> and, my, and say, what books does Jesse recommend? And they're doing this self-study route. And there, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's a billion dollar a day industry, but it also doesn't work because you don't see any peak performer in the world who does everything on their own. You know, Taylor Swift does not set up her amps. Somebody Hmm. does that for her. She doesn't cook her meals. Somebody does that for her. Every top performer in the world has special teams around them to help with certain parts so that they just get to stay in their zone of genius. So the third path, if one is do nothing and you know keep lying to yourself and, and covering it up, two is try and figure it out on your own. Well then the third path is to get expert special teams have people who are world-class at the part of the help, the thing that you need help with and needing help is not, it's not weakness. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, how many people does Elon have helping him? Like yeah. he, he's, he doesn't sit there with a you know screwdriver or, you know, telling the robots what to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe he does, but he's <laughs> so many people that are fulfilling the vision. And so, same thing for a high-performing entrepreneur bringing in an expert who's a philosophical sparring partner to say, "I need I've got ideas, my brain's moving too fast. I need somebody to hold the targets for me so that I can get these ideas out there. I need somebody to give me feedback and somebody to debate with me a little bit. I need somebody because I can't see behind my I can't mm-hmm. see behind me, and I know there's something in my past that's holding me back, and I want to attack that motherfucker can. You mm-hmm. help me? That's strength. Weakness is saying, I don't have a problem. I don't have anything wrong. I can do it myself. That's cowardice. That's a a chihuahua line. But the Mm -hmm. Anatolian shepherd says, this is what needs to happen. This is what I need. I want you to help me with this. Let's get it done. So the best thing that somebody can do finishing this dialogue is to I'm make a choice. I honestly don't care which one it is because that's an individual life. But if you're going to take the self-study route, then, or if you're going to ignore it, then just ignore everything. Stop watching podcasts, stop reading books, stop doing all that bullshit because you're not committed to change. So just mm-hmm. make peace with where you're at. My dad, who I love and I respect, and, and I, if I could be one fifth as kind as my father is, I will have achieved an incredible life goal. But do you know how many self-help books or seminars or workshops he's ever been to? Zero. He just has no interest in it. And he's living his life. And it's a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. He's got five happy, healthy, grown children. And he's got tons of grandkids. And he's in the final stage of his life experience. He's getting ready to nail the landing on a life well lived. So I'm I'm saying that because if you don't um, have the ambition to actually build a business, become proactively the best version of yourself. There's no crime in that. Just stop mm-hmm. that you do.
0: Yeah, just honesty. Yeah. Just be
1: honest with yourself. Second, if you're going to take the self-study route, just be honest with that. And I, I don't know what to say, but if, you, if somebody wants to really achieve, the only way to do that is through special teams. So find help, get somebody who is up to speed with the level of project and the vision that you have, have your commitment match the strength of your vision. Does it make sense to have a big vision and then, you know, invest five minutes mm-hmm. in it and $99 and act like mm-hmm. a big deal? Like it's, re- Yeah, and I mean that in the literal sense of the word, it's like stunted, it's held back. Mm-hmm. Vision, big commitment, big investment, go all in and then watch as the universe matches that, that
0: commitment. Boom. And watch the magic unfold. Indeed. Indeed. Jesse, thank you so much for this conversation. The very final question I'm going to ask you is how can people find you and how can people connect with you? You already said you are hard to reach, but what's the best channel for people to learn more about you, about your work and uh, to check you out? Ready for this?
1: Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to exit the stage and come on back um, because it's a very exciting life around here. (laughs)
0: very good very good so we'll drop your instagram into the show notes and then once again jesse thank you for coming on thanks for sharing uh this amazing time here together may it be of uh, the deepest and most beautiful benefit to all those of you who are listening and deciding to really step forward and unleash this inner anatolian shepherd or whatever it is that you feel pulsating through your heart and to do it powerfully Blessings to you, blessings to you, uh, blessings to you, Jesse. And I shall see you soon, dear listener, on the next episode.